0: You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Emi McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Welcome, welcome to the show, my friend. We are stoked that you're tuning in with us to another show. We drop episodes twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And if you are a longtime listener who loves this show and hasn't yet left us a little five-star review, if you would just pause this episode and take two minutes to do so before continuing on, that would mean the absolute world to us and help the show out a ton. We love you guys forever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, on today's episode, we are talking to all the creative entrepreneurs out there who work or market themselves online in any capacity and want to better understand how to protect yourselves, your business, and your brand online. Yes, we are going there and we're doing a deep dive on trademarks, copyrights, and protecting yourself online as a business owner. And our guest is the absolute queen at teaching this, Andrea Sager. Now, Andrea is a three-time small business owner with her most recent exit at 10x her initial investment in under a year. After massively growing her law firm in three years, Andrea founded Legalpreneur, a bridge for the gap between legal resources and entrepreneurs at every stage of business. Her true passion is helping other entrepreneurs meet their fullest potential by leveraging the power of the law for an affordable price. Like, can we get an amen? The Legalpreneur membership currently serves over 200 businesses and counting, and Andrea is also the host of the hit Legalpreneur podcast with over 80,000 downloads. Now, today we talked with Andrea about all things legalities. Like, can okay, just get ready for this breakdown, ready? She breaks down the top ways that we need to protect ourselves online as an entrepreneur, what a trademark is, and why you might need one how to go about getting a trademark, the difference between copyright and trademark, how to handle copyright infringement, first steps you should take in approaching starting a business legally, and literally so much more. I could go on. Seriously, this episode is jam freaking packed with information, but Andrea breaks it all down in such an easy to understand way that you'll walk away not only with clarity, but genuine excitement for the next step on how to protect yourself and your business. All right, guys, are you ready? Are you ready to do this? Every business owner needs to listen to this episode. So grab a pen and paper and let's get started. So
1: you wanna grow on Instagram, but you don't know where to start. (laughs) You may even be posting out the wazoo, but you're still not seeing any progress.
0: Here's the deal, while being consistent is key to growing on the gram, it's not the only thing you need. In fact, one of the most important aspects of growing on social media comes down to strategy. In order to create a killer social media strategy where you're not only attracting new clients, but turning them into paying clients, you need a plan.
1: Yes. And today we are about to help you create a customized social media marketing strategy for free that will result in a ton of Instagram growth that will turn into sales and business growth. Now, are you ready to deep dive? We thought so. Grab our freebie, how to define and establish your content pillars at theheartuniversity.com forward slash pillars.
2: Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay.
1: Andrea, welcome to the show. We are so excited for this conversation and all things legal, nerdy. Let's get into it. Yes, I'm so excited about this. I am like pumped and ready to go. Yes, this yes. is going to be so fun. I know I'm sure you get this, but we get so many questions about <laughs> legal stuff as you know, entrepreneurs and just educators, especially creative entrepreneurs. I feel like we don't know, you know, a lot of the legal side of business when we dive into it. So, we're so grateful you're here today. And for anyone who maybe doesn't know you, you or the Legalpreneur are super familiar with, with your story. Do you want to kind of share a little bit about yourself and what you do?
2: Yeah, I will break it down as short as possible. I, so I'm currently the CEO and founder of Legalpreneur, which provides all the resources and services that you need as a business owner. We get you all the legal resources that you need. Now I started at the you know, the big fancy law firm. I could watch a Cincinnati Reds game from my office. I thought that was the coolest thing ever because I'm a huge baseball fan. And I like, it was the coolest thing looking, you know, from the outside in, but I was absolutely miserable at that firm. Even though I was making a ton of money and I realized I just, I couldn't serve the people that I wanted to serve. It was a big firm. They only had big clients, which is totally understandable. But I was constantly having small businesses reach out to me at that firm because I previously had another small business and so the whole network of business owners i had from there they came to me and unfortunately i just couldn't help them and so you know when you're at that place and you're like i think i'll have business but i'm not sure and that's really where mm-hmm. i was and my who's now my ex-husband we were married at the time he was staying home with our son and so being the not even just the breadwinner the only one making money at the time it was just not a place where i could Actively leave and go start something on my own. Yeah. But I always tell people I manifested actually getting fired. <laughs> I, cause oh, I'm like funny. five. Yes, it's hilarious because I'm like five minorities rolled into one. I'm female, I'm <laughs> Hispanic, military, like you name it. I'm like all the minorities. And I knew if they fired me, they had to give me a severance package. So (laughs) it's a Wednesday. I'm like texting my husband at the time. Like, Oh, I'm so miserable. I just want to quit right now. I think I have enough money to hold us over because we were moving. We had just put our house on the market and we were moving from Cincinnati to Houston. And he talked me out of it. He was like, Hey, just wait until we have a contract on the house and then you can quit. And I was like, you know what? That's fair enough. I can absolutely wait until we actually have a contract to know that the house is going to sell. So that was Wednesday. Friday morning, my boss, like my direct boss and the managing partner, walk into my office, and immediately I. Yo, I know exactly what they're there for. And it took everything in me not to have a smile on my face. Like, it oh. took, like that was the, that was the best acting job I've ever done. Like <laughs> looking all like sad and upset. Like, like oh, now I'm so okay. okay. All right. <laughs> and yes. And they were like, you can go home for the day, take the weekend and book. Oh, cause basically they gave me two options. They were like, we, we're going to like restructure your position or you can just take a severance package now, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, can I just like take the weekend? Th-? Or they were like, yeah, take the weekend. I was like, okay. And yeah. I literally went home, immediately started posting in all the Facebook groups. Like oh, I'm officially on my own, blah, 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 blah. And that night I had my first client. So wow. it, yes, Andrea Sager Law was a thing that night that I got fired. And I was like, oh, this is the best. I love your hustle
0: and just like the, the uh, I don't even know what the word I'm thinking of. is just like the gumption, I guess, to be like, no, we're doing this. Like, yeah. yes, I've got fired at the
2: right time. Let's go. Yes. Um, I, I, just- <laughs> I tell everybody I manifested it. I'm like, I absolutely manifested getting fired.
0: That's, That's <laughs> hysterical That's hysterical. Okay. Well, I want to dive in with you. I am so excited for this conversation. We are talking today about trademarks and protecting yourself online, which I think a lot of creative entrepreneurs especially like listeners to this podcast we're mostly in the creative category that's like the kind of stuff that we just like don't think about like at all ever like Mm -hmm. we just like we're little fairies over here making art and posting it on the internet like all these things um and so you're the perfect person to talk about this topic with so first of all before we even dive in further could you tell our listeners what the heck is a trademark and why would we even potentially need one
2: Yes. I love this question. I'm going to explain what a trademark is and a copyright because these are two of the most misused terms with entrepreneurs. And rightly so because you didn't go to law school. I did. That's my job. So trademarks, the simplest way to know the difference between trademarks and copyrights. Trademarks equal branding. So all the things that identify your brand, your brand name, your logo, your slogan, a podcast name, a product name, a service name, all the things in your business that have a unique name to them, all of those can probably be protected with a trademark. And then copyrights are your content, your creative work, photos, videos, blog posts, podcast episodes. So this recording here is protected with a copyright. And the easiest example that I give people, especially on podcasts is like the name can be protected with a trademark. And then each episode, all of the episodes are protected with a copyright.
1: Mm. I love That's it. The
2: yes. I
1: love <laughs> it. Okay. So when should every single person have a trademark on their brand name and their logos, or is there a certain point or business or model or anything that you would recommend here? Because a copyright
2: is a little bit more automatic, correct? Correct. Yes, absolutely correct. So copyrights, you automatically have federal protection the moment the work is created.
1: Cool. And then trademark is what you actually have to go through the application for and like submit it and they have to review it and all of that,
2: correct? Exactly. Yes. So trademarks, you, and we're talking federal protection here. And this means across the country, across the U.S., you are not eligible to even apply for a federal trademark unless you're doing business in more than one state. That's why it's so important for online businesses. So let's Mm. say, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it wasn't that big of a deal for small businesses because they weren't online. They are typically a local business. They were not doing business in more than one state, but now online businesses they really do need a trademark, but you have to make sure that you're doing business in more than one state. So if you do have, you know, a local coffee shop or you just do, you are a wedding photographer, but you only do local weddings, you're honestly probably not even eligible for a federal trademark. Now, okay, that, that makes oh, sense. Oh no, conti- I, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> so when you have the federal trademark protection, it gives you, a the amount of protection it gives you and the enforcement capabilities online, they're unbeatable because you don't even need a, an attorney to help you enforce it. So mm-hmm. uh, to illustrate this, basically, let's say you, uh, so my company, Legalpreneur, I started this several years ago, got the trademark, but before I got the trademark, I didn't have the Instagram account. Legalpreneur was taken. The Legalpreneur was taken. And so once I got the trademark registration, I then submitted a takedown request to Instagram. And this can be done on any platform, but you do have to have the registration. So I submit this takedown to Instagram for Legalpreneur and immediately they removed the two accounts and I got one of the accounts. And that would not be possible if I did not have the federal registration because you have to show that you truly own the name. And once you have the regis- the federal registration, that's how you show that you prove that na- you really own the name. And right. this is done. This can be done on TikTok, Facebook, any online platform. They have these takedown procedures Copyrights, you they still have the same procedure. You just don't have to have the registration for a copyright takedown. You do have to have a federal registration for the trademark takedown.
1: Okay, wait, I have a, a, a not a selfish question because I'm sure other people listening are probably also wondering this, but it is coming from a personal experience place. Mm-hmm. Can you trademark like a brand name that is your personal name? So somebody's like LLC is under, you know, for me, Evelyn or... E- evie mcleod I Evan, can you just explain the this is coming from? <laughs> <Self-careers>. <laughs> everyone has my freaking n- handle name and i would have been very annoyed it's been five years that i've been trying to get it taken down it's a ghost account i want the n- handle mm-hmm. and, and they instagram will not pay attention to it even though well, that is my llc registered I like,
0: like <laughs> i feel like based on what she just said though you'd have to prove that evelyn grace is i like don't think global I, or i mean federal I don't think, which it is, but I work in multiple States, but I'm pretty sure,
1: uh, Andrea, please tell me uh, from my experience, you can't trademark like a, a name. It has to be
2: like a business name, not a personal name. Is that correct? Am I totally wrong? <laughs> well, if you are, if you're branding yourself with that name, you absolutely can and want to get a trademark for it. So now, I ah. get this question all the time. They're like, oh, it's my legal name. I don't need a trademark. I'm like, no, you absolutely do need a trademark. Think about Calvin Klein. Kate uh, Spade, yeah. Rebecca Minkoff. It's uh-huh. their legal name. And I tell people, look, just because it's your legal name, it actually does not mean that you are legal to conduct business with that name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: right, now, that makes sense.
1: for coming for you. <laughs> you. Although now I might be rebranding my name, so who knows? But <laughs>
2: these, are, these are good to know five years later. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will. Let me say this. So if, it's, if it is a dormant account that... Uh, currently on Instagram, they probably will give it to you once you have the registration. However, if it is an active, like personal user, they yeah. may not give you the account because yeah. it, that's not necessarily trademark infringement. If they're using it for personal reasons. That makes
0: sense. It's that like, they're sense. not trying to pretend that their business is also that what, what that kind of actually leads into the question that I kind of wanted to ask just to clarify and round us out here. A trademark protects, I mean, it protects against people assuming that they are you it basically ensures that you are the only person called this thing across the the country is that correct
2: almost yes okay so, okay we'll protect against the same or a similar name selling similar goods or services okay so andrea sager law my law firm If there's an Andrew Sager law or law firm, that would still be trademark infringement, even if it is somebody's legal name or Mm -hmm. the Andrea Sager law firm, that's trademark infringement. Even if it's not the same exact name, it can still be trademark infringement. On the other hand, if there's Andrea Sager, the handbag company, that would not be trademark infringement, even though it's a very, very similar name, but it's selling very different goods and services.
0: That makes 100% sense. So when you're, this kind of leads me into the next question then, I guess is when someone's wanting to trademark something for their business, what's the course of action that they need to take? Because it almost sounds like they need to trademark in like specific categories. Am I correct?
2: Yes. Yes. There's 45 different classes, basically just categories. And you can, you have to file in at least one. Most online businesses qualify for one or two, sometimes more. Um, but you want to file in every class that you qualify for to make sure that protection extends across all the goods and services that you have within your business. So what
1: is what is the point that someone should be considering filing a trademark? Let's say, mm-hmm. let's give an example of like a, uh, oh gosh, a sole proprietor in their first year of business and she's a photographer and is only shooting two weddings and two couple sessions for that entire year. Should that person consider filing a trademark like or should they wait until they're, you know, yeah. doing a little bit more, a little what I guess your your advice.
2: Yeah, great question. I love this question and it really depends on what your personal money situation is. So let's, the, I mean, who I work with, they're not rolling in the dough, they're balling on a budget and they have to make their monies extend as much as possible. If money is an issue and you are testing the waters with your business, I don't think you should file a trademark application right away. Because right now, the trademark application process is taking, at, the average right now, it's honestly a year. And it used to be six months but since COVID hit, there's so many more applications. So right now the average is a year. Unfortunately, I've had a number of clients that have filed. And by the time the application, you know, they got registered, they had already pivoted. So they weren't even using the name anymore. So when that happened, because of that, I tell a lot of newer businesses, look, if you're just testing, I don't think you should file the application. I mean, if you have the money, absolutely file. However, what I think you or absolutely what you need to do from the beginning is still do a thorough search. And this yeah. is searching for the same names, similar names, and not even just searching the trademark database, also searching Google, social media, looking to see if there is the same or a similar name with the, the same or similar goods and services. Got now, you. When, you know, if you do decide to wait, when do you file? Yeah. I like to tell people when they have momentum. And what I mean by that is you're now to the point where you're, you're going from just testing the water to, oh, this is a thing. Like, I'm not, like, this is real. Like, this is no longer me trying out this little business, this little side hustle. This is how, you know, I make a living or I'm making good money from this. You, know, you just know you're no longer testing. Yeah. yeah,
0: no, that makes sense. You mentioned Trademark Database. What, like say I want to file a trademark for my business tomorrow. Where do I go? Like practically.
2: Yeah. So you'll go to uspto.gov and that's, if you want to DIY do it yourself. I like to say everything is figure outable. So if you're one of those, it's like, I need to get this done. I don't have the money to pay somebody to do it for me. Absolutely. It can be figure outable. I will tell you, it will probably take you a number of hours to get that application filed on your own. Um, mm-hmm. So I, Uh, I just tell people, look, do you have more time than money? And there's no right or wrong answer. I tell people all the time, I'm like, look, I will not be offended if you don't hire us to file your trademark. I just want you to get it filed. Because at the end of the day, that's what's most important to your business is ensuring that you have the protection. So if you want to do it on your own, USPTO.gov.
0: Okay. Now that's so helpful because I didn't even know that like people can do it for you. This is helpful. <laughs> yes. Yes. Can you,
1: Andrew, can you walk us through how much the trademark process costs on average? Maybe break it down the DIY method and hiring someone else. Because I, I hired a legal team to help me get my trademark for my swim company because I was not touching that stuff at that <laughs> point in my business. I was like, I have no time and it was very complicated. So you do it. <laughs>
2: Yes. Yes, absolutely. So with, so if you DIY, I'll explain, like, I like to say for all legal services, there's three levels, DIY done kind of with you, which is a third-party legalpreneur, and then working directly with a law firm. So if you DIY, you can obviously do the search on your own, do it on your own time, and then you file the application. All you're paying is the government filing fee. It's either $250, $250 or $350, depending on what type of application you file. Um, it, it really just depends on what goes in your application. Um, so 250 or 300 that just covers the application fee. If you want to work with a third party, such as Legalpreneur, there's a couple of different options. Number one is actually... So we have a trademark course that teaches you how to do it on your own. And then there are companies that will kind of do like a... We'll, hey, we'll file it for you, but we're not a, we're not a law firm. Those vary in price. And then working directly with an attorney... So I'll tell you like my law firm, we charge 550 for the search and then 1400 for the application which does include the filing fee so it's 1950 total we're very middle of the road like i know a ton of people that charge way more people that charge less so i mm-hmm. like telling people my fees so they know like okay this is about average this is about middle of the road I love that transparency. Let
1: me yeah. just give you a moment of of applause for that because that hey, that's me. what people need. <laughs> like, people just yeah. need
0: the freaking answers uh, on a platter so they can understand what's even happening. just
1: gauging. Like you know, if somebody's reaching out to a local like attorney or something and they come back because for for those who haven't worked with someone in the in the law field already, like having an attorney in their business helping them with whatever, those hourly rates can be very shocking and. You can't, you don't realize sometimes if that's normal or not. You're like, how much an hour? What? You know, Mm -hmm. it's very hard to gauge if you're not familiar Mm -hmm. with the industry. So I love that you're just like, here's my rates. I'm very middle of the road. So, you know, like you might get a little more, you might get a little less, but here's an average. It's just so
2: good. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's honestly, so the hourly rates, I never wanted to charge hourly because I remember working at the big firm and they were like, make sure you take your time on this. I'm like, bro, if this is going to take me 15 minutes. I do not want to charge the client two hours. And so when I did start my firm, I basically, that was like a promise to myself. Like I'm never going to charge hourly as long as I can help it. And uh, honestly, I like in the nicest way possible. I like to say that I'm a lazy lawyer. I don't want to sit there and type out and keep track of how long it takes me to do something. That's what hourly billing is. Like I don't literally want somebody to keep track of every second of my day.
1: Yeah. So I think from personal experience too, I've had lawyers that I've worked with. Some of them I really loved, but they would, they would call me to check in on something. They would get me on the call and then start talking. How's life? How's, you know, business doing blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Talk to me for like 20 minutes and then ask me like a specific, like, are you doing good with X, Y, Z? Do you need any help with following up with that? And I'd be like, I'm good. All right. And then I'd get a bill for their Mm -hmm. call to me. And I would be like, yep, what? You sat, there, you sat there talking to me, asking me questions for 30 minutes and then charged me for it. Like I was, 100%. I was not yep. happy.
2: <laughs> yep. And that's, so that's why uh, we'll probably cover this later, but like we have our legalpreneur membership and that's exactly why I started that was because our, so most people would come to the law firm, hire me for trademarks, flat fees, you know, we take care of it all, but then they would come back with questions and I'm like, well, I don't want to like bill them for a two minute email but at the same time all these little emails add up and so that's why we started the membership and now it's you know all the emails are included they get a phone call and we don't like it's all included because I despise hourly billing oh (laughs) my gosh I despise it
0: (laughs) I love you for this (laughs) I have kind of like a, like a dumb ish question, but I, I, I just want to like, break it down. Okay, good, good. I want to break this down like so nitty gritty so that someone's like, oh, okay. Like my question is why should someone care if there is another business out there with their same name and a similar product? Like what is the actual incentive of being like, well, like what's the danger? I guess is the question.
2: Yeah. So the number one is a direct loss of revenue. So if somebody's especially like with podcasting and like this happens a lot with podcasters, when there's the same or a similar name, they'll go to look up a certain podcast and they'll end up listening to another podcast because they, it's with the same name and that's what popped up or that's what they found. And so they decide to listen to it. And so you're losing listeners there. Yeah. Same thing with companies, they search a company or a product name and there's another similar name out there. And like, oh, this is what it is. And so they get confused. The definition of trademark infringement is likelihood of consumer confusion. So when you're, there's no bright line, like, yes, this is trademark infringement. This is not, it's just, okay, is this likely to -hmm. cause consumer confusion? Are Are listeners likely to be confused that this podcast is actually our podcast? If so, that's actually trademark infringement.
1: Yeah. Photographers, listen up. You do not want to miss this. We are so excited to tell you about an amazing wedding photography summit hosted by the one and only Jai Long. We had Jai on the podcast on episode 218, so definitely go back and give that a listen to hear how incredible he is. But if you already know that, Jai is hosting a two-day online summit for all wedding photographers, videographers, vendors, and creatives.
0: The summit will be taking place November 21st and 22nd, 2022, and there will be 10 speakers over two days. And uh, you might already know two of them. Contented subs. <laughs> Topics that will be covered will be Pinterest, SEO, client experience, pricing, design, and literally so much more.
1: Yes, for general admission, tickets are only $7. Yes, seven freaking bucks. And you'll receive a live and 24 hour replay. And for VIP, they're $97, which includes live plus a 12 month replay, plus value packed bonuses such as live coaching and panel discussions during the intermissions, access to additional Facebook and TikTok ads training within your portal, and lots more.
0: Yes, we are literally so excited for Wedding Photography Summit and cannot wait to see you there. Oh my gosh. To learn more and grab your tickets, head Head to WeddingPhotographySummit.com.
1: Photographers, listen up. Do you struggle with editing in Lightroom? Are you confused as heck about organizing catalogs, backing up your images? Calling takes you actual ages, and editing as a whole just leaves you feeling discouraged and frustrated and maybe bored too? If that is you, consider us Santa on Christmas morning because we have a completely free Lightroom challenge for you that walks you through everything we just mentioned, including a bunch of tricks and hacks that make editing in Lightroom a million times easier and faster.
0: The challenge includes five videos, roughly 30 to 50 minutes each of Evie and I tackling some of the trickiest topics on editing and teaching you exactly how we use Lightroom to edit drool-worthy photos. We cover our favorite tools within Lightroom that will change your editing game, and we teach you how we import whole, upload, backup, and catalog our photos in a way that is efficient, fast, and reliable. You don't want to miss this challenge, my friend. And if your editing needs a refresh and you just want to know how we edit our photos, this is the place to be. Sign up and join the challenge at theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. One more time, that's theheartuniversity.com forward slash challenge. And we can't wait to see you there. I love that.
1: Okay. When it comes to Running a business online, other than trademarks, well, especially we have social media, we have websites, we have podcasts, there's just so much that we have of our businesses online. Other than trademarks, or maybe it is something else related to trademarks, what are some things that you see that people don't realize they need to be aware of in protecting themselves online? Oh, so good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're know, like, let me grab a 50 page list. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, first and foremost, the name. Uh, So what happens a lot, and I, when I say a lot, I probably get people coming to me once a week, twice a week asking about this. They're like, Hey, somebody reached out to me and said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm infringing on their trademark or vice versa. Like, Hey, I saw this new business is this trademark infringement. And it's, a similar name. It's not the same exact name. And so business owners, they'll get caught up with, you know, especially new ones. They're like, Oh, I'm going to search for my business name. Nobody has it. Great. I can use it. But they, where they get hung up, like that's a great starting point, but it's not enough because you're not searching for the similarities. And quite frankly, that's, that's the hardest part about DIYing the trademark is the search because you don't know what could potentially be infringement. You don't know how to find all the similarities. And that's what hangs up business owners the most. So uh, looking for those similar names. The other thing that's really, really big for business owners, especially online, is photos. Do not use... And this is talking about copyrights. Do not use a photo that does not belong to you. Do not use a photo that you don't have a proper license to use because that is copyright infringement. And I can't tell you how many clients have come come to me after getting the cease and desist letter for a photo that was posted on social media or their website years ago. Because there's software that can easily go out and find these photos from years and years ago. And we, I mean, I do it for clients. So I know it's out there. But a lot of people do it. A lot of people just don't know about it. And yeah. so that's how you can find people infringing on your own work, but it's also how people... That's why you may get a cease and desist letter years later.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Do do people have like an in, Like, does any photographer listening out there have an incentive to like hire somebody to comb the internet to find their work?
2: I guess, what's the incentive of that? Does that make sense? Yeah. So number one, if it's... Especially if it's on like a... Big like a big site that has a lot of coverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, number one, you probably want to make sure you get credit for that. Number right. two, you absolutely want to be compensated for that. And something that is a, I would say, kind of unethical. There are there are photographers and some attorneys that have pretty much been chastised for it by judges. They've made a business model out of it, so they go out, scour the internet for unauthorized uses and then send these waves of cease and assist letters and demand payment or else they'll sue you. And wow. when I say like they've made a business model out of it, like they'll just go out and post these photos everywhere. Hoping people do actually use the photos that way wow. they can actually go after them and obtain, I'm not saying this happens every single day. I just know it happens. Um, we're all like looking so, over our shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like, I, I don't want to scare anybody here, but just know that it happens. And the easiest way to protect yourself is to just use photos that you take yourself, you hire a photographer to take, or just make sure that you have a proper license to use the photos. Mm, okay. I
0: wait, I do you have a question? No, go okay. for it. Okay, I have a question about words now because we've been talking about photos. I want to know about words on your website so that that's mm-hmm. obviously kind of more in the in the copyright category because it's content. Um, I just, I've personally experienced this. I know Evie has experienced this. I know a lot of people in just creative entrepreneurship industry, deal with people taking like the the copy that they've written on their website and like direct it, copy and paste right direct copy yep. and paste onto their website w- obviously that's wrong it's bad it's an infringement but like what if, if that's happened to somebody what do you recommend ta- like what are the action steps that we should take or or can take
2: yeah and I think this applies for any infringement so whether it's trademark infringement copyright infringement so oh, okay. taking the copy from somebody's website even long form instagram captions mm. that is copyright infringement there's a couple and depending on where you are in business how much money you have uh, typically what i tell clients is hey number one you can reach out to them yourself and say hey because a lot of these people just don't know and so they need yeah. the education and but absolutely you don't have to like you can absolutely just pay an attorney to take care of it for you however you can reach out and it's just your time at that point and just say, hey, you know, I don't know if you know this. This is actually copyright infringement. This is my original content. You know, please remove it by this date, or also have to get my attorney involved. Now, I most of the time that does work. I have seen plenty of situations where it doesn't, where people want to come back and say, uh, okay, show me your copyright registration and I'll remove it, or something like that. But when it comes to copyrights, you actually don't have to have a registration. Right. Yeah. And then uh there's all kinds of responses i've heard but it, number one you can just reach out first and then if that doesn't work your next option is one of two things you can either directly go and submit that copyright takedown yourself and all you have to do is first if it's on a website specifically you'll want to figure out where their website is hosted so if it's a wordpress website you want to just google like wordpress copyright takedown shopify copyright takedown uh kajabi copyright, whatever wherever it's hosted google that platform plus copyright takedown there should be a copyright takedown it's also you may also see dmca takedown it's that's the digital millennium copyright act Mm. that that act actually implemented those takedowns and the reason why all these online platforms have these takedowns is because if they don't, they can actually be liable for copyright infringement as well. So oh, wow. they, by abiding by these, like actually removing the content, they're then safe from being sued from copyright infringement. That makes wow,
0: sense. That's, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. Like, so if you see somebody using, like that have like stolen the words on your website, you could contact their web host directly yep. is what you're saying.
2: Exactly. Yep. Oh, wow. I'm not and kidding. if you, if you don't want to do that or if you don't want to do it, because so the thing is, if you contact them, they I probably just take down the whole site. Some people don't want to do that because they're like, okay, I just want to, you know, just get it removed, but I don't want to ruin their whole life, their whole business. Yeah. So then, it requires them to yeah. actually
0: like write their own content
2: though. Like, <laughs> to take yeah, it yeah, exactly. Right. And so, then you can hire an attorney me you know any small business attorney to send a copy you know just a cease and desist letter and that typically does take care of it uh, and then the last resort is actually suing for it which very last resort but typically before getting to the lawsuit it gets taken down by one of those other means
1: yeah okay that makes so much sense that's also really good i think for most <laughs> most entrepreneurs to know and have in your back pocket of copyright infringement lindsay and i've had people directly copy 80% of our website copy paste i've had people directly copy entire instagram captions of mine yes. and it's just like it gets so messy yeah. too then cuz you know you don't want to like attack the people mm-hmm. you want to educate them but at the same time you do have to have a boundary of like hey you can't
2: directly copy right. everything that i say <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I would love to share this story that actually just happened with my client. Uh, so uh, trade, so same thing with trademarks, but a lot of times I'm, I'm, I'm not hesitant. I just make sure to educate my client before submitting a trademark takedown because if it's their business name, then if you submit that trademark takedown their entire Instagram account or their entire website may be taken down. So this actually happened with the client. She got the trademark. She did everything she was supposed to. And she is a clothing boutique. And it was on like a third party shopping site to buy wholesale, where the infringing party had a similar name. It was spelled differently, but the same name. And so we just submitted the trademark takedown. She didn't want to send a cease and desist letter. She just wanted to submit the takedown. Well, their entire account got removed. And I I know this company was making like millions and they got an attorney involved and they reached out to us. They're like, Hey, you know, we want to have this consent agreement where we agree to coexist with each other. And I told my client, I was like, look, you absolutely do not have to, this is your choice. Like you're in the right here. Like you did nothing wrong. And you know, you don't have to agree. Also, we could go back and ask for money, which essentially they're paying my client a license to continue using the name. Well, she was like, no, I, you know, I built this brand. I did everything I was supposed to, and I don't want to share the name. I was like, you know what? That that was absolutely your decision. I like power to you, girlfriend. (laughs) So I go back to the other attorney and I'm like, no, thank you. Like, thanks, but no, no thanks. Well, they come back a couple weeks later and this attorney straight up offered my client $25,000 to use the name. Wow. And my client was like, um, I wasn't expecting that. So where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I had told her, I was like, you know, you can offer, you know, you can say yes. And, but we want, you know, a few thousand dollars for this or that, or, you know, offer anything. And she was just like, no, I don't want to, but she wasn't expecting, I mean, I wasn't expecting it either, but they just wanted th- that, Name to still, they wanted to still be able to use that name, so wow. they paid my client twenty five thousand dollars. Dang, that's so insane. There, <laughs> there is
1: sometimes a,
2: a pro to actually taking legal action, <laughs> like... right? Right, and the, I, it's not something that happens frequently. So I'm not going to say like, yes, you get a trademark and somebody's going to come pay you twenty five thousand right. dollars. Yeah, but this actually does happen quite a bit. So anytime my clients find somebody infringing, we actually do try to turn that into a licensing opportunity because licensing is where the passive income comes into play. And yeah. really the every entrepreneur's dream is the passive income. And so anytime we find somebody infringing, we have that conversation with my clients, like, Hey, what do you, what, you know, what's your ultimate goal here? Do you just want them to stop using it? Do you want them to pay you a license or, and, if it's a license, typically if they want to continue using the name, they're going to pay my client for it. And that's they, my client's literally getting paid for protecting their brand. Wow. So
0: is, is a license like a monthly payment that somebody pays the person who owns the trademark
2: or annual? It can be, it can be structured however you want. Okay. It. So it okay. can be monthly, annual, it can be both. Um, and it, it could be just a royalty. So like a percentage of sales, it, it can be structured any which way.
0: So it's not like a, a, like a average percentage that's like industry standard. It's
2: literally up to the trademark owner. Exactly. And what, you know, the value, what are what, are the, what is the infringing party willing to pay? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so many. This good is so good.
0: I have, I have <laughs> another question. Well, we're just like fee- picking your brain literally of all the questions. Okay. So somebody hasn't started a business yet, but they want to. Mm-hmm. Because I think we teach this just from like a business perspective. I'm always like, hey, instead of just like deciding to freaking name your, your business, like Nancy Sue photography or whatever it is, like go actually look. I, I think this, I want to know your opinion, Andrea, but like, go look at like Google domain, go look at the Instagram hand, like go look and pick something strategically that might mm-hmm. not be available. Would you agree with that? Like 100%. Including, trademark, or including trademark in that, like go look at all those things.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. And I, and it's always. I'm not going to say you don't want to rebrand because there's always opportunity. You know, it's not going to be the end of the world if you have to rebrand later, but it does cause headaches. And as somebody that has gone from Andrea Sager Law to now Legalpreneur, it's it's still a transition. Like mm-hmm. we've, I've had the Legalpreneur brand since 20, really 2019, and slowly started introducing it more and more. And now I'm trying to completely get away from Andrea Sager Law, but like, that was such that that was the main brand for so long. It's so, it's so hard getting away from it, but you know, thinking long-term, I'm not going to sell the Andrea Sager Law brand. What's going to yeah. be sold is the Legal brand because I don't want to have to be tied to the brand forever.
1: Yeah. I love that. It's like this longevity thinking. It's also being strategic mm-hmm. from day one and searching yep. you know, for those newer entrepreneurs. Well, people like, don't
0: think about what they're going to name. Like They just like randomly pick a name and then they get upset when it's taken. And I'm like, well, yeah. okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many people have come to me and they're like, okay, I want to trademark this. And then I tell them it's trademark infringement. And they're like, well, I'm not changing it. I love this name. I'm like, Okay. That's your decision.
1: <laughs>
2: oh man. So pro tip from
1: Andrea, make sure you've checked the name from every which direction before you officially name a business. It will save you a lot of headache
2: <laughs> in the future. Yes. I, oh, oh my gosh, so many horror stories. I once had a girl like stalk me on a Friday night and I'm, so I have two kids. I'm very, very protective of my nights and weekends and I, I, I mean, she was stalking me on a Friday night, like wrote on my Facebook wall, like everything. And she was like, it's a, it's an emergency. And, uh, but I mean, I was going to say between me and you, but between me and anybody listening on this podcast, (laughs) trademarks are like, the reason trademark attorneys get into this is because there there are no emergencies. Even like, yes, I get it. You may feel like it's an emergency because somebody's infringing on your brand, but there's literally nothing I can do on a Friday evening. Right. But... (laughs) it's just so many, I I don't want to say fun, but there's still like drama that goes
1: on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. The, the legal drama, drama of a, a entrepreneur who doesn't know anything about the law and (laughs) because we we know nothing, let's just be real. And then we go to the lawyers and we're like, what, what do we do? Yep. And
2: that's okay.
1: Yes. That's, I mean, that's literally what you guys are there for. And that's why we're so blessed as entrepreneurs to know, you know, lawyers like you who understand small businesses, who understand entrepreneurship, who understand the ins and outs of what we're dealing with, because you're also dealing with it, not only as a lawyer, but as an entrepreneur and a small business owner. And I it's just life-changing to have people like you in in the realm of business that we can always turn to. So this has been so fun. Andrea, thank you for your time. We have a little like rapid fire Q&A that we kind of wrap up most of our episodes with. And the first question in that rapid fire is kind of a doozy. Uh, but we love hearing this from our guests. What
2: is the biggest lesson you've learned in business? Ooh, okay. This is something that has actually come up for me over the past year and a half, like transitioning out of my marriage and like starting to do all the healing work. But the biggest lesson in business is that you cannot get to the highest level in business without getting to the highest level personally.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's I mean, my
0: job. She's yeah, like, the, that's, 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 that's it. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, so you, good.
1: you are the person behind your business. And if you're not thriving, your business can't thrive.
0: That's also literally oh, quite, quite literally why we named this, this podcast, Speaking of naming. That's why we named this podcast heart and hustle because it's like, it's part hustle and, and work and like business strategies and all of that. But it's also the heart and the personal like yeah. mm-hmm. mindset behind everything and like the quality yeah. of life. I love that you said that.
2: Thank you. I, I mean, I've just personally realized, especially over the past year, the more personal work I do the better the business does. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
1: That is freaking facts. <laughs> like, gospel truth. Yep. That is so good. Okay, uh, next rapid fire question is what is your favorite book that you've read recently?
2: Um, if if you're a reader. This is, oh, absolutely. I'm such a reader. <laughs> business or personal or like anything. I say you know,
0: whatever. Anything. Yeah, whatever strikes <laughs> your fancy.
2: Okay, because single now. I've this is I'm actually just reread it for the second time why men love bitches. Oh. <laughs> it yes. is such a great book and one thing that I've learned is that I am I or I've been codependent and I think like digging into the codependency this book it just says it, it like it, that's basically what it's talking about like don't be dependent right. on them and being detached.
0: I am so intrigued by that title. I need to look it up immediately. <laughs> like, oh, so good. So that's good. amazing. Awesome. Well, Andrea, we have just loved having you on the show. You have like shed so much knowledge and light on the topic of trademarks and, and protecting yourself online. Thank you so much for being here. Where can everyone find you? Join the Legalpreneur. Like all the things, drop drop everything. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Yes. No, this has been so much fun. I love doing these. And actually my brand new book, Legalpreneur, The Business Owner's Guide to Legal is now officially out. So Ooh, yes. that is, yes, that's really like the go-to place to find everything that we teach for free in one place. And you can find us on Instagram at the thelegalpreneur, thelegalpreneur.com. You can find me on TikTok at the Legalpreneur. I have a pretty decent following over there. Um, and yeah, I just love to connect with entrepreneurs and help them legally protect their business. Uh, You are amazing, Andrea. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you so much.
1: Thank you.